0: on Sheet Harbour Radio. My name is Jackie Barkos, and I want to talk about what's going on around me. I'm like located on the eastern shore of Nova Scotia, but like all of us, connected far beyond these rugged shores. I'm interested in what happens locally, provincially, federally, and globally, and how it impacts all of us. I look forward to spending some time with you and talking to interesting people. On today's show, I'm very pleased to welcome Jean Sarson and Linda McDonald. Jean and Linda have been working together for close to 27 years. They started as a -a one-night-a-week support for those who identified as having been harmed by violence as children or as adults. Since then, they have made their lights work to have Torture, victimization recognized as a violation of human rights or a specific crime in Canada and beyond. Welcome, Jean and Linda.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Nice
0: to be here. I wanted to, yeah, yeah, I think it's a really important conversation, and uh, I'm so pleased uh, that you've joined us today because uh, there's so much that that uh, that you have to share that I think will be of interest to so many people. Um, I wanted to start by asking, what is feminism?
2: Well, for me, feminism is about equality. I guess human rights equality, it's a simple sentence, but it's a very hard relational concept to come to because the world, has a tendency to stigmatize, to discriminate. Uh, We look at uh, sexism and we look at racism and all the issues that create vulnerable populations. So feminism to me is that simple. It's having human rights equality that no one is left behind um, as we move into the future.
0: Thank you, Jean, for that. Um, I, I wanted to follow up. Uh, it's uh, uh, because I've been involved in, in lots of uh, political action and, um, you know, uh, activism with respect to uh, feminist issues, I'm, I've often been asked, can men be feminists? And I want to ask you um, to speak on that.
1: Well, I see feminist as a belief system. So I believe that men can be feminists. I know that not all feminists agree with that, that uh, opinion, but I think if men believe that women and girls are equal to men and boys, then they can be feminists. Now, how they live that out, they might have to be challenged because patriarchy has skewed their perspective so much on their privilege, especially white men and, and white boys, because I had to challenge my young son on his privilege. He didn't like it often, but he came to it. And I believe he lives a feminist life. And um, I believe that women, even though they're feminists, they can be challenged on uh, their white privilege or other uh, perspectives that are biased. So if a man is willing to stand with me and support the work that we do, I would never uh, want to say that he can't uh, call himself a feminist.
0: Thank you, Linda, that. I really appreciate that answer. Um, I wanted to follow up again and say, why do you think um, the word feminist is often considered derogatory?
2: Well, for me, I guess it's another person's opinion, because I personally do, when I call myself a feminist, I don't consider that a negative. I consider that a very positive perspective um, and I think um, what has happened is that as patriarchy is challenged and if they can say the people who are challenging are feminists then you become a detriment to patriarchy so then if you're a detriment, then you're a danger because you're challenging the inequality that patriarchy uh, uh, constructs. So I think if people don't understand what patriarchy does with just domination and subordination, domination male domination, subordination of women and girls, that if they don't understand that, it's very easy to side with the dominant culture, which is patriarchy and say feminism and feminists are uh, a danger, if you will, or they're a negative or they're destructive. So I think this is why uh, feminism and feminists get a bad name because we're challenging the status quo all the time.
1: And I also think because it's convenient to have a scapegoat, scapegoat when you have an issue, like say the gun gun lobby issue Um, it's very easy for uh, gun lobbyists who want to maintain their their uh, their guns they to divert the issue they can use the scapegoat of feminism really easily and it takes people off the main topic of guns and the pros and and cons of guns and it gets people confused so i think feminism is a great scapegoat uh, derogatory term that uh, Uh, people that want to maintain patriarchy use.
0: Thank you Gina and Linda for that um, answer. I wanted to ask what can we learn from the feminist movement that will uh, make us a better society?
2: Well, here again, it it depends that if you value feminism uh, and you know that feminism is about pushing human equality and the issue of violence, if you will, um, inequality around work and pay, uh, inequality around, say, childcare. You know that women are burdened with that responsibility, if you will. So their careers um, are are aborted, if you will, sometimes, um, and society doesn't allow for that accommodation, that if, if you happen to be a woman who wants to have a child and you have to uh, leave your job, then often you're punished for that because the system doesn't allow you to step into where you left off. So um, I, I think there are it goes back to patriarchy again, and just how the whole system operates. Um, And I think that we need education in schools. I think we need to talk about feminism. And for me, I've looked at the global research. I noticed that you said when you introduced us that you have global interests. There's global research now that says if we don't have equality, if women and girls don't come to a position of equality, that globally the world will suffer. We won't we will not advance. So I think we should not dismiss um research that is telling us that. So I think those are all important uh, minute points, I guess, that we have to address. And, and feminism gives
1: us a story. Without feminism, we don't hear, you know, without without uh, anti-racism, we miss part of the story. And without feminism, we miss part of the story as well because with the mass shootings, we'd only be hearing about homicide and um, how the man might be a CIA agent, the shooter or whatever. All those is part of the story and those are important elements, but the misogyny and the way he treated women and the background of his behavior from the time he was a denturist on that's another part of the story that feminism brings to to the crime and we will not understand our whole uh, um species until we hear all of the story it, it, we just won't evolve holistically without feminism
0: thank you jean and linda for uh, for sharing that viewpoint i think it's very important um you know that we really put our minds around uh all of what you had to say there why is it important that feminists raise their voices
2: well for me personally that keeps me healthy Mm
0: -hmm.
2: because if if i don't speak what i really believe and don't practice what i really believe then i'm going to lose myself to the status quo so speak your truth Yeah, that's right. It has to speak, I really do have to speak my truth. And because of the work that Linda and I do around non-state torture, in order for me to stay healthy with the atrocities that some women uh, live through, which is amazing in itself, uh, I have to be willing to stand with women who are not embraced into speaking freely. So there, I guess there's in some way no other solution, but just, just to stand, to stand for what I feel strongly about.
0: So how, how, what would you say? How does, um, how does raising voices impact change?
1: Well, that's how change happens through voice. If if, uh, the grassroots uh, don't stand and speak their truth, then the leaders never know the truth to know how to change the truth. You know, the saying, the people will lead and the leaders will follow.
2: Uh Change or
1: transformation always comes from the grassroots. And feminism is basically a very grassroots uh, movement. It still is. And so that's how we transform is by telling telling the truth. You know, all the stories that we carry about women that were tortured or the women that now are talking about um, the femicide that, that was not prevented or the police women who have been harmed by the police or different forms of sexual harassment. Like that's how we become a better people mm-hmm. by
2: by our voices. Can Can I just add a little thought there too? Linda and I have given expert testimony in Ottawa to like on human trafficking and on the um, private members bill to change the law on torture. And we have to stand up and uh, tell our truth. And at the same time, we're hearing and we're recognizing that the committees in Ottawa are not really acknowledging what we're sharing and that can be hard too um because we've come to call it uh political cruelty you know when you're sharing uh women's realities and the politicians sit there and just seem to kind of ignore it because it's not it's not in fashion at the moment to do anything about it Right. So I think as feminists, you have to know that's what you're up against too and be able to say that that's wrong and it's political cruelty, if you will.
0: What ways can we take action as, you know, ha- well, if you're um, an individual that wants to do
1: something, what are ways that, that you can step up? Well, by stepping up, you're not going to feel comfortable. You have to accept that fact that it's not an easy, not an easy thing to do for most people because you're going against the status quo. You're going against what your neighbors might think about you. You're going against what your family might think about you, what your friends might think about you. So you have to step up knowing you're doing it for yourself and for a belief in creating, a, helping to create a better world and to help your, uh, the people that you care about in society that are enduring injustice and some kind of an injustice. So, you know, you do it for yourself first, believing it's right, it might be hard. It, it's I don't find it's too hard for me in many ways, but I think, you know, because I started so young, it's, you, you get really used to it, but many people say it's, it's hard. So accept it's hard, but do it anyways, because what's mm-hmm. going to happen if we all sit back and, and say nothing, we're just going to keep on harming each other in all these terrible ways that we're hearing about, about how women are being harmed and. And uh, black people are being harmed and disabled people and you know I mean we have we have to really embrace the worst of us to become the best of us and that that's there's just no way around it it's it's a messy messy process but um, this is an important time in history it's a transformative time and as many people as possible. Speak up at your neighborhood meetings or speak up in church or speak up at the grocery store. Whenever you see something wrong, don't just stand there and watch it. Do something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: uh, you know, as a former um, politician, it's interesting because, you know, um, the conversation around democracy would often come up. And I, you know, it was always like, how how do we make it easier? How do we make it a, you know, smoother? And the reality is, is that it can't be smooth or easy. These things are hard work. And you have to listen to voices and you have to be open to that because, you know, that's, that's the only way that we can make a better society. And, and, uh, you know, that's what we have to to um, keep our eye on. I wanted to um, ask, uh, what What are some support organizations that you would uh, direct people to if uh, they wanted more information
1: or they wanted to become involved? in On feminism or yes. in feminism? Mm-hmm. Well, um, there's a global group called uh, Feminism in London, but it's a global group. You can find them on the web, it's Filia, F-I-L-I-A. And they're a great group because you get a connection with voices from women all over the world. You can join their newsletter and, you know, they have a, well they did until COVID, they had an annual conference and um, we find them very supportive to be, in fact, we sent them some information on us standing about the mass shooting and they sent it to, and femicide and they sent it to, um, or they put it in the newsletter and women from Russia contacted them inspired but we by what we were doing and helping them to know that they're not alone, that women in other countries are standing around femicide. So that that's thrilling that you can have those global connections. It really is, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. it really is. You know, um, you, you know we we've recently heard One World, what is it, one world apart together? <laughs> mm. It really resonates, doesn't it? Mm-hmm um you have both been um so informative it's just uh it was such a wonderful opportunity to speak with you and to provide uh you know some information to to listeners to give them a little something to think about really um and if they have questions to to ask the questions so i wanted to give you both an opportunity if there's anything you'd like to add that you think we kind of missed that might be important to sort of put out there Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I would like to ask uh, anyone listening that they continue to lobby their um, MLA's or the Premier or the Minister of Justice Mm -hmm. to include a feminist lens in the inquiry on the mass shooting so that we get a more well-rounded story and we get um, more awareness in our province about how much misogyny there is in policing. And uh, the reality of femicide, and start looking at how we can prevent femicide, and um, just have more human rights for women respected.
0: And we can put those links up for anyone that wants uh, easier access to uh, to make those connections. So we'll put that on our Facebook page. And We have a
1: petition too, if you.
0: Yes, we'd be very happy. You just get us everything. We probably actually uh, might even have it now, but we'll get that up with uh, with this interview. Jean, is there anything that
2: you wanted to add? Yeah, I keep thinking about the children. Um, like my background is in public health. So I used to teach uh, children in the school. And um, one issue that always came up when I taught. The program in the school it was around relationship education not sex education but relationship education because sex diverts the issue from relationships what kind of relationships do you want and the fact that when i used to teach i used to teach you have a relationship with yourself and with others and others can be very broad but you always have a relationship with yourself and um, I had about a thousand evaluations from the children. That was grade four. That's like nine, ten-year-olds. And that they said that was the most important aspect of the program that they learned that you had a relationship with yourself. So we can learn that at every age, from the time we're tiny to. The, an adult, because sometimes adults said to me that they didn't even know that they had a relationship with themselves. So I'd like for everybody who's interested to think about that, to think clearly about their relationship with themselves, who they want to be, what they think is important to them, what they think is important in society, and how Nova Scotians want to be. And if we're really talking, about the mass shooting, um, because that's on a lot of our minds, yes. we have that push for an inquiry or a review and it would be really important for people to push our government into that kind of accountability. So let your MLAs know that they can um, ask the Premier and Mark Fury, the Minister, um, to do something and to make sure that we have an inquiry or a review so that Nova Scotians and children and their parents or families that were affected by the mass shooting, that they have the right and the dignity to stand on Nova Scotia soil and make a statement about the harm that uh, has occurred.
0: Linda McDonald and Jean Sarson, thank you so much for joining us today on A Broad View. Uh, The work that you do is incredible and the dedication dedication with which you do that work um, is is, um, unparalleled. You are just amazing women doing amazing work to support other women. And uh, I want to uh, thank you for doing it. And I wish you well in your future endeavors moving forward. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Jackie. It's always the privilege to speak
2: publicly. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jackie. And also in the background, Lynn, yes, for being there. (laughs) That's right.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Poor gals just trying
0: to get the word out. That's right. Thanks a lot. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for A Broad View with Jackie B. Brought to you by Sheet Harbor Radio. Hosted, created, and researched by Jackie Barkhouse. Produced by Lynn Matheson. Technical support and editing provided by Jeff Harrop. Lyrics and music by Shirley Jackson.